Well, hey, good morning, church. We're so glad that you joined us for your worship experience with us here at New Hope Community Church. I can't believe it's been 20 years uh, since 9-11 happened. Today is Sunday, September 12th. And I think the general sentiment, at least on social media, what everybody is portraying and posting is that never forget. We will never forget. And I think that's great. Um, I don't know about you, but I think most of us could remember where exactly we were at when this happened. Uh, this was in, I was in a college student in California, and I remember seeing the news and the Twin Towers collapsing. I think most of us can uh, vividly remember, and we will never forget, uh, the sacrifice of uh, our brave um, first responders and uh, policemen, fire department. And, um, but also, I think, as we're going through the Book of Wisdom in the Book of Proverbs, is that never forget the day after. Never forget 9-12 or September 12th, because I think during that day, uh, we as a nation, we were really unified. We weren't uh, divided by our politics. There wasn't such a division and a polarity of our skin color. It didn't matter if you're a black or white man or woman, Democrat, Republican. It didn't matter if you're a Cowboys fan or a Cowgirls fan, <laughs> just teasing, or a Rams fan. But really, we stood in solidarity. We set aside our differences. We set aside the things that set us apart, and we stood together as one nation. I believe that can happen again, and it takes humility. It takes laying down our rights, but uh, never forget that it is possible, that it doesn't have to take a tragedy to bring us together, but we should uh, pursue the sense of unity and uh, the Hawaiian word is lokahi, oneness, yeah, and, and solidarity as a nation. Well, uh, we're concluding our series today on the book of Proverbs. There's three things that I want to set before you this morning uh, before we dive into the scripture and our main text in Proverbs 31. The first is this, that uh, Proverbs 31 was written by King Lemuel, who was a king, who was receiving instructions from his mom and how to be a just and a right uh, ruler. And um, starting in verse 10, uh, it talks about a woman of noble character. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that Proverbs 31 is actually um, in Jewish homes on Friday night, the night before Shabbat or Sabbath, uh, they would sing uh, Eshet Kail, um, they would sing this song as a homage to honor and to venerate the woman of the household. She, you know, she made this uh, uh, Sabbath meal or Shabbat meal, and the family gathers together, and they would sing a song. It's been passed. They don't know exactly when it started, but we do know it's happened for hundreds, if not thousands of years, where they would recite and sing a song of Proverbs 31. And third thing I want to say about Proverbs 31 is that uh, this is an acrostic in, in Hebrew, meaning it is a, a rhyme poem of the alphabet. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hei, Vav, Zayt, Chet, Tet, Yod, Kaf, Lamed, Mem, Nun, Samek, Ayin, Pei, Tzare, Kofresh, Sin, Shin, Tav. So each line of this Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, it goes through the alphabet, and it's very poetic, but it talks about this wisdom of a woman of valor or a woman of noble character. And uh, the, the way that this used, it's not necessarily like, oh, 
oh, this is going to be a great, you know, like people might come and say, oh man, I don't want to hear another Proverbs 31 and how I don't measure up and I need to be a housewife and I need to stay at home and I need to get up in the morning uh, while it's still dark and do all these different things and go to merchants and find pearls and all. No, no, no. Um, this Eshet Kail, this woman of valor, is not something that you measure yourself to, but it's actually uh, a blessing to be bestowed. It's to be given unconditionally to the, to the woman of the household. And I love that because, you know, a lot of the misconceptions that's happened around is that, you know, that the Bible puts down and suppresses women. But actually, Proverbs chapter 1 starts off with a woman personified as wisdom calling out into the streets seeking uh, to pursue after her so wisdom is personified as a woman and in proverbs 31 a woman of valor which is valor we think of bravery and strength it's actually attributed to a woman and so with that um, this eshet khayil it's it's a it's a blessing to be bestowed upon the woman of the household and it's almost equivalent to uh, you go girl. Yeah, yeah you. And it's uh, to encourage and support and applaud and to honor. And that's uh, my heart this morning is that through this text, it's not that, it's not that, oh, let's see how you measure up and see how you, you fall short and see how you don't, um, and how you miss the mark and how you don't meet this, but this woman of valor, but it's really an encouragement that whatever assignment Whatever calling, whether you're single, you're married, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a kapuna, whether you're a grandma or you're a dad, whatever it is that we choose uh, courage and valor and character and sub substance over style, okay? That we choose, um, you know, it's, it closes with, you know, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, that we choose the fear of God. It starts with the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Remember that in Proverbs 1? Now it's the fear of the Lord in a woman that's to be praised. So let's go to our text, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. An excellent wife, a woman of valor, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 
She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So let's just get uh, right straight to the main point. And this is what I want us to, this principle that I want us to not only catch uh, with our mind and understand with our mind, but really live out in our heart. And it is this, would you write this down? The depth of your spirituality is connected to the health of your relationships. Man, that's so good. Let me repeat that again. The depth of how mature you are spiritually is connected to the health of your relationships. You see, it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining relationally immature. See, Jesus is not looking at us to act religious, but really to, fu- to be filled with mercy without judgment to others. Do you guys remember in Luke chapter 18, Jesus told a parable. He said, Jesus told this parable because of those who were self-righteous and they treated others with contempt. And he talked about what? He talked about the Pharisee. While he went to the temple, he looked up and he said, oh, I thank God that I'm not like this poor sinner over here. I fast twice a week and I do all these different things. And then Jesus then contrasts that to what? To the sinner who would beat his chest. He, he, he could not even look up to God and his head was so down because he was humble. And Jesus asked, who is, who is righteous? Who is, whose worship is acceptable to God? And obviously the answer is the sinner. The sinner because he humbled himself. And we think of this Pharisee who is high makamaka, who would just look down on people and treat others with contempt. We must break this understanding. We must break this myth that, you know, spiritual maturity is all about head knowledge. First of all, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. And the, the people that Jesus butted head with, the people that Jesus... Um, always had conflict with were the religious people because they thought they were spiritually mature. They thought they were filled with the Torah. They thought they were filled with knowledge. And because that knowledge, they thought they were spiritually mature, they didn't treat people well. And the main point is that the depth of your spirituality, the depth of your maturity is connected to the health of your relationships. In Proverbs 31, we see here three areas where because the Eshet Chayil, this woman of valor, this woman or this person of noble character, because she feared God, she treated other people well. Because she, was, uh, she had the foundation of fearing the Lord, that she was able then to have favor at her home, in her workplace, and in, in her community. 
So I have uh, three action points for us uh, this morning. The first is this, in our home life, create a culture of trust, goodwill, and faithfulness. It first starts at home, that we are to create a culture, we are to create an environment in our home where we, there's a sense of trust and trustworthiness, goodwill, and faithfulness. Look at verse 10. It says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Look at verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. This woman or this person of valor or courage or bravery or character, it starts at home. Do you know that, you know, one of the requirements of a lot of, there's a lot of requirements to be an elder of the church or to serve a church, but a lot of it has to do with how you treat your own family. Uh, Paul says in, in Titus and First and Second Timothy, like, man, how can you manage the household of God if you can't even manage your own household? So a, a woman who fears God, she engenders a sense of trustworthiness at home. Does your culture at your home, is it a safe place? Is it a safe place uh, to fail and make mistakes? You know, as a pastor's kid, um, uh, PKs, as we're known, we have a lot of issues, and a lot of it is because there's not a sense of trust where, you know, the pastor, would, as my dad was growing up, he would make an illustration and just, you know, it's just like my son, Janjan. You know, he's very disobedient this week, so I spank him. You know, he's already 16 years old, 17 year old, years old, and almost an adult, but he did not listen, so I spanked him. And that just kind of loses trust. You see here in Proverbs uh, 31, verse 10, it says, The heart of her husband trusts her. There is a sense of, man, the things that you say to me, it might not uh, be good right now. It might hurt, but I know that you ultimately have my best interests at heart. A woman of valor, a man of valor, a father of valor, um, and courage and character, the home is a safe place. You know, we tell our kids all the time and that, you know, the difference between religion is that, man, I'm in trouble. I hope my dad doesn't find out. And the gospel is what? Oh, man, I'm in trouble. I better call my dad. In the sense that, I, uh, that we want to have at home in the culture is that, man, you, this is a place where you are loved unconditionally. If you do good, it does not mean that we love you more. And if you do bad and if you disobey, if you have a bad attitude, it does not mean that we love you less. That our love for you is the same. 
right? Our acceptance for you is the same. We love you un unconditionally. We love you no matter what. And if you, parents, if you engender this, if you create this culture, man, they, they don't need, your children won't need to go to their friends for approval. They don't need to go to their peers and try to be cool and change who they are and, and dress different and do certain things to get approval because they have a sense of security that, man, my parents love me. My dad is trustworthy. My mom is trustworthy. That they ultimately want, they seek the best interest for me. They ultimately want the best for me. So they might make decisions, but I trust them. You know, I don't know if you guys know, but we sent our middle child, Noah, to California for almost two months because, um, you know, we feel like to get prepared for high school, which to get prepared for college. Um, he has a gift of running. Um, so he's training with grandpa at, at California for almost two and a half months. He just did his first race this past weekend. And at first he didn't like it. At first, like, huh, what do you think about staying with grandpa and grandma for two months or so? But there was a sense that, you know what? My mom and my dad, they want the best for me. So create a culture of trust, of goodwill. It says all of her life, the heart of her husband, the heart of her children, the heart of uh, his wife, trust him. And all his life, there's a sense of faithfulness that we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the rest of our life. Secondly, would you write down workplace? that we're to serve wholeheartedly with diligence and resourcefulness. Not only in our home, remember that spiritual maturity is directly the depth of your, of your spirituality. The depth of your maturity is directly related to the health of your relationships. So it starts at home, we see in Proverbs 10, but it also goes down to the workplace. Let's read verse 14. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is still yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. In other words, man, a woman of valor hustles like she works her tail off or he works his tail off. And I just got to give a special shout out and a special... Eshet Khayil, a woman of valor, to those single moms out there who's fulfilling both um, the husband and the father figure and the, and the mom as well. And doing your best, working, some of you, one, two jobs, doing your best and, and uh, living in community and getting help from those around you to pick up the kids or or to coordinate rides for soccer practice and all these different things. See, a woman of valor, she hands to the plow, she gets up early, a man of valor. Um, you know, there's a, 
a viral video of, of Matt Chandler and he was just kind of down, not downplaying, but Matt Chandler was just going off about, man, why are so many men just bored with life? So many men are like, I don't know what to do. It's like, man, if you are a man and if you are a husband and if you, especially if you're a father, you should not be bored. You should be tired. You should go to work. You should clock in. You should serve with diligence with all your heart, serving unto the Lord, not as, um, not just for looks, right? And not just for eyewitness, but really so that you're serving unto God. And when you come home, you play with your kids. You serve your wife. You, you help with the chores at home. And at the end of the day, you should be exhausted. You should be tired. You should be just wiped out from serving and from loving and from working. And that is a person of valor. This is a woman of valor. Now, um, Ephesians chapter six says this, slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you should obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from where? From your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. And I love that. Serve wholeheartedly. Serve with your heart. Uh, listen carefully, okay? You do not find your worth and your value if you're a stay-at-home mom, that you're like, oh, well, I, I, you know, I don't go to regular work, so I just, you know, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, you serve the Lord right where you're at. Whatever assignment that God has placed upon you, serve with all your heart. If you're, in other words, if you're um, typing at work and you're taking notes and you're filling in Excel spreadsheets, don't serve with your fingers, but serve with what? Your heart. If you're at home and you're making food, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're making food, doing laundry. When you're doing laundry, you're not doing laundry with your hands, but you're doing laundry with your heart. If you're washing dishes, making food, you're not washing dishes and making food with your hands, but you're washing and, and making food with your heart. Man, if you're playing with your kids, if you're serving um, uh, your wife, do so with all your heart. When you're at work, have this, um, practice the presence of God. There's this old uh, Latin phrase, it's called antifacium domini, meaning before the face of God. The things that we do, what may seem mundane, do it as if your God is watching, because He is. Do it as if you're in the face of God. Practice the presence of God. Work hard at your job. Be the first one to show up. Be the, the last one to leave. Have the mama mentality of, of improving and, and doing your best. Not for yourself, but doing your best as unto the Lord. And lastly, we'll close with this. In our community, pursue generosity, kindness, and wisdom. Pursue generosity, kindness, and wisdom. For that, we'll read verse 20. 
It says, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Now, I want you to catch this because in Proverbs 31, seven times it mentions hands. In verse 13, she seeks wool and works with willing hands. Verse 16, the fruit of her hands. Verse 19, she puts her hands on the distaff, her hands hold a spindle. And I believe what the author of uh, Hebrews, Lemuel, is saying here is that this, in the same way we work and we take action and are diligent in our hands to make money and to uh, go to work, we pursue, listen, with the same intentionality with our hands to be generous. With the same hands, a man, a person of valor and character and courage works with his or her hands to earn a living. We should use that same intentionality to be open-handed. The calluses on our hands, the work that we do, the sweat of our brow, the strength of our back is so that we could live in community and be generous and be open-handed. Do you pursue generosity? Is it even in your radar? See, generosity should be spontaneous, right? When you see someone in need, like, okay, yeah, for sure, I got you. When you see a homeless person, those in the street, that we should be spontaneous to give generously and we should be open-handed. That a woman or a person who fears God is generous and kind. And says so she is kind with her words and her mouth is full of wisdom. Let me say this. Generosity should not only be spontaneous, but I believe generosity should be planned. Meaning that we are intentional to be generous around us. You should have a budget of being generous. Not only to give and to tithe and to, for offering, but have a budget to uh, bless other people, bless a family in need, have a budget to send to missions, have a budget and to uh, bless others, uh, make a budget to have people over and be generous with your time, be generous with your home, be generous with your heart. And that is a, a person who fears God. Have like a, uh, a care package ready at your, at your disposal, right? Like, like if you are... The other night, we had uh, ramen at Nudes, N-O-O-D-S, <laughs> Nudes Ramen at uh, Kaimuki. And we had leftovers. We had chashu and uh, we had kimchi uh, ramen. And we had leftovers. And there was a homeless person like, hey, excuse me, sir, I'm so hungry. I was like, uh, well, I don't have any cash, but I have some ramen and some chashu. And they're like... Please could I have it and yeah, of course and we, we gave Like you should set aside um, A care package at your in your car Maybe just a little ziploc bag nothing fancy, but just maybe a hand towel Maybe some sanitizing wa wipes 
um, some soap, some toothbrush, toothpaste, some cash, and maybe a note. God loves you. Jesus loves you and prays for you. See, a woman who fears God because your maturity, your spirituality, and the depth of it is correlated, is connected in how you relate to others, in the depth of your relationships, and the health of your relationships. As we close, um, I want to close with a prayer by uh, Blaise Pascal. And he says, Lord, help me to do great things. Help me to do great things as though they were little since I do them in your power. Right? And little things as though they were great since I do them in your name. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? As people of God who fear the Lord, who walk in wisdom, in our communities, in our home, in our workplace, may we do great things. If you have a big project, students, if you have a term paper, Pray, Lord, help me to do great things as though they were little. Why? Because you're doing it in the power of Jesus. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, I'm weak, but you are strong. Lord, your grace is sufficient. I got to do this big thing and great things for God or great things for your family. Um, pray and, and say, Lord, help me to do great things and treat them like they're little because I'm doing them in your power. But... And the flip side of that is, and help me to do little things as though they were great because I do them in your name. And we want to do even the little things in the name of Jesus. Jesus says what? Even a cup of cold water given in my name, there'll be great reward. The little things that we do, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. A school just started. Getting your kids ready for school. <laughs> The little things of putting on your kids' socks. The little things of packing their lunch. The little things of, of um, picking them up from school. Treat them as though they are great because you're doing it in the name of Jesus. So in our home life, create a culture of trust and goodwill. This week, in three areas I'm going to challenge you in your home life, could you do a family devotion? Maybe in your date night, uh, write your dreams to um, dream together with your wife and and, and like think about the future. Uh, maybe write down your goals, maybe renew your vows. But this week, have a family devotion or have a, a, a date night as a family where or as a husband and wife. Or if you're if you're single, um, uh, have a date night with Jesus and just uh, create a, a sense. Um, maybe with your family members of trust and goodwill and faithfulness at the workplace serve wholeheartedly with diligence and resourcefulness maybe this week could you show up 15 minutes early and just ready to work maybe some of us need to have an attitude change of like you know what? i'm gonna give my very best i'm not gonna complain while everybody else is talking stink while everybody else is you know uh, complaining you know what? i'm gonna put on 
I'm going to put on the mind of Christ and dwell on the things that are good and pure and noble. Um, maybe this week, go the extra mile. Be diligent at work. Be diligent at home. And in community, would you pursue generosity? As I said, um, budget a generosity expense. Or maybe have just a little care package. Lord, help me to do great things as though they were little and little things as though they were great because I do them in your name. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for um, each and every single person listening, oh Lord, right now, tuning in, whether it's in their phones or in their computers or on the TV. I pray, Father that we would be men and women of integrity and character. Lord, just a special prayer, Lord, um, just for uh, those who are um, elderly, Lord, those who are kupuna and they, they feel like life has passed them by and Lord, they still have so much life ahead of them. Would you encourage them right now that they could be a godly influence to the next generation? Lord, a special prayer also, Lord, for all the single parents, single moms, Lord, who are just hustling, doing their very best with what they've been given. And I just pray right now for grace and strength and mercies to be upon them. And Lord, I just pray right now, everybody else, that Lord, we would uh, grow in, in our spirituality, that we would grow spiritually by having healthy relationships in the community, in our home, and in our workplace. We love you, Lord God.